I'm touching on a topic that very few want to look at, and yet it has devastating effects not only in our society, but in societies all across the globe. What I'm referring to is socialism. I'm also going to share with you how government became so powerful over decades and over many, many years. And government was never supposed to be so powerful. Government was never supposed to be in control of people. The only thing that government was really supposed to do right from the beginning was only two things, to protect the innocent and punish the guilty. The government was never supposed to take care of the poor, to build hospitals or any of these things. Now, to learn more about this, please stay tuned and I'll get to you right after the intro. Welcome to the Rise and Shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be. The show is proudly brought to you by Sunshine Harvest. And now let's move on to today's episode. In this episode, I'm touching on a topic that very few want to look at. And yet it has devastating effects, not only in our society, but also in societies all across the globe. Now, what I'm referring to is socialism and specifically socialism in leadership, because that's what we're talking about, leadership. Now, my question to you is, how can a true leader approve of socialism or communism as a way of living? Now, what is socialism? I'm going to touch on this. Uh, This is going to be a fairly short uh, message because I don't want to overwhelm you. So I've really been putting some episodes aside to break this down so that you can understand what socialism is, why it's been so effective over decades, how it's infiltrated our societies, and why it's so dangerous to our societies. So in today's episode, I'm really just giving you an overview of socialism, of communism, how the two work hand in hand. But what I'm also going to do is going to give you a few laws, if you wish, of how a sound foundation in society should operate. Okay, so people who are in the know know that socialism, which is the soft vehicle, is really the same thing as communism. And it's really just a soft vehicle to bring this control into countries without people realizing this. And it's really a utopia that's um, been promised to people. And you know what the word utopia means? It means nowhere or no place. And what they're sharing with people and telling the people, this is where we're taking you, is really nowhere. They're not taking people anywhere. And it's only when people's eyes start opening, when these things are really start uh, being implemented, that they will see it's only hardship to the people and total control by government, because that is the end goal of these people who promote socialism and communism. Just to illustrate to you what people really think about socialism, And to illustrate how well this indoctrination of the soft vehicle has been utilized, I decided to ask a few young people, people in their early 20s, what socialism is or what it means to them. So first of all, I asked, do you know what socialism is? 
And of course, their answer was, yes, of course, I know what it is. So I said, okay, what is it? They said, you know, it's it's social, it's people coming together and people sharing things and people giving to other people. So in essence, people being nice to other people. On the other hand, I asked people who grew up in a communist country. Now, one of the people that I asked, for example, is a lady that was uh, born in Romania and she grew up in this uh, communist regime and she knew all about it. So I asked her, do you know what socialism is? And she looked at me and she says, yes, of course. I said, what is it? She said, it's communism. So to her, the uh, term socialism and communism is the one and the same thing. So this is just to illustrate to you that people who know what communism is and they know the dangers of communism, they know that socialism is no different than communism. But before we explore socialism's effect on our daily lives, I'm just gonna take a quick look at what a healthy society is supposed to look like and where the, the, the real responsibilities are supposed to lie. Now, I'm gonna divide it up in five segments. Now, the first is individuals, the second is families, and then employers and employees. Number four is the church, and number five is government. Now let's look at each one of them individually. Now individuals, their purpose in life is, is to live a productive life, that's number one, to be charitable, to help the poor, help the needy, visit the, uh, the sick, heal the sick, encourage people. Those are basically what an individual's purpose is here on earth. And then number two, families. Now note here, Families don't have any instructions to take care of the poor. The only responsibilities, if you wish, of a family is, goes to the husband, which is the male, to love his wife, which is the female. To the wife, it is being said, honor your husband. And then to the children, it's being said, submit to your parents. And then to the parents, it says, train up your child in the way that they should go. So that's as far as families are concerned. Then employers and employees. Again, there's no instructions to employers and employees to take care of the poor. The only thing that these two, the employers and the employees are supposed to do is to do an honest day's work and not to withhold the wages, to pay people an honest and a fair wage. Now let's look at the church. Now the church is supposed to take care of the poor, to look after the widows, to look after the orphans, not the government. The church is supposed to look after the medical needs of people, to build uh, medical clinics, to build hospitals. And in previous years or in earlier years, in most countries, this was the case. The church looked after these things, but today everything is thrown to the government, but it's not the government's position. And for example, to look after the well-being of people, dig wells, and then to look after the people's spiritual needs as well, to bring salvation to the people and to make sure that they're strong and that they are sound people and that they can live, um, how can I put it, a sound and a secure life for them and for for their families and for society. Because if you have strong families, 
you have a strong society and you have a strong country. Because when your morals are good, you have a good economy as well. Now, number five, the government. Now, the government only has two things that they are supposed to do. The first is to protect the innocent and the next is to punish the guilty. There's no instructions for the government to take care of the poor or any of these other things. But today, the government has really taken over the role of the church and there's no instructions for the government to provide health care, to provide education. Those things are all supposed to be taken care of by the church. I've got a quote here that I, that I found which describes this well. It says, just because something needs to be done doesn't mean it's the government's job to do it. And I think that sums it up well. Now, whenever you get the government involved, you get bureaucrats and you get career politicians. And all they want to do is to stay in office. In other words, they want to keep their jobs. And what they then do, they are tempted, and many of them do it. They're not only tempted, many of them are doing it, to use their position where they are currently to funnel funds, to funnel finances to people that can get them re-elected. We see that all around us all the time. People give to institutions, they give to people, groups that can get them re-elected. And the next thing that they do, the people that oppose them, they want to bring these people into uh, discredit and they sort of uh, slip some stuff through to the media and they want to get these people audited and they want to get them prosecuted because their job security will be threatened when these people really stand up and expose them. And this is what we call deep state. Previously, I didn't know what deep state really is. I heard people talking about deep state, but I didn't really understand it. But it's really the career politicians and the career bureaucrats that really want to keep their position. Now let's move on and let's take a look at what is socialism or communism. Now the origin of socialism is from Plato. So this is many, many centuries ago. It's a few centuries before Christ. But we will get to these things in more detail in future episodes. I'm really devoting a few episodes to this topic of socialism and communism, especially in leadership, because it's such a deep and a wide topic that I don't want to overwhelm you. So that's why I'm just giving you an overview today so that you can just understand why this is really a threat to you as a leader and to our societies, our countries, and really to the entire world. Because as you know, in this time where we are with this lockdown, with this uh, so-called virus thing that we are uh, struggling with at this time, I mean, everything is in lockdown. Everybody is controlled by a government, some invisible government somewhere. Every other government is, is controlled. And mo many people don't understand that. Many people don't realize that. But I'm convinced that that is really what it is like. So we're also going to look how the socialist uh, structures, how it influenced uh, countries like Canada, uh, the United States, and even the whole world population, how it was phased in over decades 
where it really came from and where we are today in these things and how we can really fight socialism because if you and I don't stand up and fight against this and I'm not saying taking up arms that's not what I'm saying but we have to fight in a way where we educate people so that they know what they are up against because I'm telling you most people don't know because they're so busy just trying to make ends meet as you know that they don't have time to really be curious and inquisitive and say but what is this why is this thing here what's going on they are just being pushed forward 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 now where this whole thing came about was and i was really disturbed at this time when a good friend of mine told me some some years ago and he said canada is really a socialist country and i didn't like this because at that time i couldn't see it but i wanted to know what he's talking about mainly to prove him wrong but you know what eventually as i searched i realized that his words were very true and this is why i can today share this with you and i trust that you will take this and really help me to take this message out because i cannot do this on my own i need people i need you Uh, so please share this message with a friend or share it with a with a family member and even subscribe to this to this podcast so that you can stay updated as the new episodes come come about or they they are being published because that'll be in the next days and next weeks so i won't take long with these things to publish them so please help me in this endeavor But you know what happened the deeper I searched the more I realized how true his words were. And what really got my attention is when I read an article uh, which really explained how the subtleties of socialism and communism were introduced into the Canadian society over decades. And this really started in the in the late 50s and the early 60s. And I'm going to explain this to you by sharing of the I'm calling it a bad dream lessons I learned because to me it was really it like a bad dream when I started seeing these things and what's really going on here now when you and I think of socialism or communism we usually think of of Marx and Lenin now these guys were hardcore communists and they stood for forcibly destroying countries and then implementing their evil systems of so-called equality. Now you know what happened in the in in Russia and many of the other eastern european countries. It was harsh systems. Many 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 millions of peoples were killed because they promoted violence, um absolute force to get countries to to forcibly uh submit to to their systems. and in marx's own words in 1849 he said when our time comes we will not make excuses for the terror that was their premise it was terror it was really forcefully getting everybody to submit to them now the means to get what they wanted did not matter to them so whether it was forced labor to what they called forcible reeducation or simply murder These guys were just ruthless. 
But now we have to take a look at socialism. So let's see what is socialism. Now the question, what exactly is the thing that many understand only vaguely and that has done so much damage in our lifetime and in our societies? Now the strict definition of socialism or what we will or might call socialism in full bloom is an economic system in which private property is abolished and the means of production are owned by the state. Now think back of of the communist countries like Russia. This is exactly what happened and this is what socialism says. Now the friendlier way of putting this is to say that property is owned by the people though in practice that always means the state. The people don't own anything anymore. And that is the dangers. The Merriam-Webster's Dictionary puts it this way. It says, Socialism is a way of organizing a society in which major industries are owned and controlled by the government rather than by individual people and companies. Now, a question to you again. Do you think this is how it's supposed to be? There are very few people who want this to happen unless they are behind the disinformation and the propaganda to blindfold the general public. People who are straight thinking, who want to build a sound and a successful life for themselves, they cannot go with this because it means that you're not allowed to own anything, you're not allowed to produce anything, you are totally controlled by the government. And even very few young people, even in the, in the early 20s, are enthusiastic to have the government forcefully take over Apple, Starbucks, Microsoft, or even their favorite, favorite food truck or farmer's markets. People are not enthusiastic about these things when they know what's really going on. But socialism never tells them that. Now, not even democratic socialist politicians call for this. That's not what they say they're calling for. They simply want, for example, tax hikes, and they want to get the government controlling a lot more in the economy, and especially Wall Street and the banks. But when you look in reality, the banks and Wall Street, actually the whole economy is already seriously regulated. They don't have freedom anymore. You can't just do what you want to do. Now let's look at what socialism is not. Socialism is not social. Socialism is really the vehicle that's used to move a free society or a free country to a state of total control where the government controls everything. And that includes individuals, it includes institutions, their food supply, their medical provisions, and even to the restricting of freedom of movement where in these countries, and you can go and look back in history, these uh, people, the citizens, were not free to move around just as they wish. And today, with these restrictions that we have, it's very much the same. People are not allowed to just move around as they want. So it's, it's already part of that. And people just, they just receive it because they live in fear. Oh, this thing is going to get me. Now, socialism is actually anti-social. They call it socialism because they want it to sound good. But that's 
the bad news, the antisocial part. The better news is that the very few young people are really attracted to socialism when they know what it is. And like I already said, they don't want the government to just forcefully take over everything. And that is the thing. When you and I start telling people what it really is, I believe that's when their eyes will start opening so that they can also start asking questions and say, but what is really behind all this? But you know, as it is, socialism has always had good branding. And it's social instead of individualistic. And socialism is about equality. That's what they tell the people. Socialism about generosity and helping the poor. That's what people believe. Am I right? Now that, as you know, is not what socialism is. Because where socialism grows, social ties weaken as private organizations and institutions that bring people together are crowded out by the state. The state doesn't want that. And as socialism grows, especially it's replaced by favoritism, where the right people are placed into positions of ever-growing government power. And this makes all the difference between those who get ahead and those who get shut out of the game. For you, for you, for example, if you want to do your own thing, you cannot do it because you need to be in a certain position. You have to be favored by someone in a position so that you can get ahead. You cannot do the things on your own anymore. And that is one of the dangers. And the thing is, as socialism grows, general generosity, it just wanes. It just fades away. And especially as, as the government takes over roles previously filled by private charitable organizations and philanthropy, as we talked in a previous episode. And just go and look at history because it speaks for itself. Now, as I say, this is a touchy topic and I'm going to conclude with this for now. But... If you are interested to learn more, please, I already asked you, but subscribe to this podcast because I feel I have to dedicate a few episodes in this dangerous topic until people understand it. Not only the dangers, but also how to know the truth and get rid of this in our society. Is it going to be easy? Probably not. But, you know, everything starts small and we will gain momentum as we persist. And in upcoming episodes, I will share where the socialism started, how it evolved, how it has infiltrated and saturated our modern society. And I will also share how a a man, it's an Italian man, his name is Antonio Gramsci, was instrumental in developing a cultural revolution that was gladly accepted by leftist liberals. And then they took this and they implemented in our educational and our cultural institutions, where they basically took over everything without firing one shot. And that's where the danger is, and what's, that's also where their power lies. But when we know what it is, we can expose it and we can take it away. So now it's your turn to decide if you're going to do your part as a true leader. Remember, I'm speaking to you as a leader to eradicate this evil in our circles of influence. Are you going to turn a blind eye? Are you going to be an accomplice 
in destroying entire nations by saying, oh, it didn't touch me. I don't want to have anything to do with that. I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you for listening. Please share this episode with family member or friend and share your thoughts with me. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. And also subscribe to the podcast and help me take the message out and get it out to as many people and unsuspecting victims as possible. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise and Shine show today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.